to DC Cinematic Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze Zack Snyder's Justice League by each individual minute. My name is Nathan. You can find me on all social media at NoClutchNate. And my name is Mark. You can find me on all social media at Mark Meadows. And today we're talking about minute number two of the aforementioned Zack Snyder's Justice League. This minute... This minute is going to start with uh, the continuation of the revolving shot of Doomsday and Superman impaling each other. And this minute's going to end with Wonder Woman witnessing the death of Superman. Cool. Awesome stuff here. This, um, uh, enlighten me, Nate. As we're mm. watching this movie for the first time, what is going through your mind here as, as you're soaking this in? Um, what's going through my mind is um, this is a way of reminding the audience that Superman is dead and the okay. gravitas of the death and everything. You do get to see it from both Batman and Wonder Woman's perspective again and Lois's, um, just like how we did in Dawn of Justice. Um, but it's, it's different. There's, uh, there's, there's something different happening this time around that we get to see. Um, I think it's really cool. I, I honestly, it's not, yeah, it, 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 I guess if you want to say it's a rinse and repeat type thing, but it's not, it's, it, it's, it, there's no. more, obviously there's a different thing that's happening that, uh, wasn't the story in Batman versus Superman, but it is the story here in this movie, Justice League. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, it's interesting. Yes, they, they are in a way they are reminding or maybe informing people. Maybe they haven't seen Batman v Superman. We know plenty of people like that who just don't watch these movies, but then this movie has so much hype about it that they watch this one and then, you know, kind of uh, showing them the light about what's going on here. Uh, so for people who may not have seen Batman v Superman, um, they will watch this and then they will be informed. Yes, yeah, Superman did die at one point. This is how we're starting this epic. And it's actually kind of cool thinking about it that way. Like maybe someone hasn't seen Batman v Superman. They're watching Justice League and it starts with the death of Superman. So it starts off very epic. They don't know why it happened. And, you know, in, in terms of mythology, they might see it as like, oh, it, like it starts off with like this superhero. He, he died like and, you know, it spurs like this whole event. Uh, so it is really cool thinking about it like that. It is kind of um, curious to think about, you know, the Justice League that we saw three years ago did, doesn't have that. It mm -hmm. doesn't it doesn't mention the death of Superman at all, except by by newspaper and, and a little cell phone video of being like, oh, we know Superman is like this stand up Boy Scout hero that we all know and love. And then it just says, oh, well, that character is is dead like in a newspaper print or something like that um so it doesn't really have that much uh tangibility as far as being like oh this is what happened this is the event where he died um it just kind of says oh yeah well he died and he's not here right now which is kind of i mean that's all you really need right that's all you need yes in essence that's all you need and that's one of the things i kept thinking about when i think about that that other version of the movie where it is boiled down to what you need but then what is it that you really need in terms of watching a comic book movie like it just boils down to do you even need the movie because you don't in essence need that either mm. so 
it's one of those things that I thought about. I was like, wow, that, I mean, that, that kind of thought process when it comes to making a story will just whittle it down to the basic needs. So you don't need the story to begin with, so you could just uh, forego for it, you know? So, yeah, it, if you're going to do it, do it right. Do it with some, some, some pathos and some meaning to it. And so doing it like this has that, like you said, it has that gravitas to it. It has that weight. It has that, that, that connection. You're seeing this godlike superhero dying um, from this giant monster, and you're seeing people watching it. I thought um, what's kind of interesting is Batman v Superman starts with the Black Zero event. And, of course, there are tons of people who've puzzled that together with the ending of Man of Steel. It fits very perfectly. You have Man of Steel ending with the Black Zero event, and Dawn of Justice starts with the Black Zero event. You have Dawn of Justice ending with the death of Superman, and this one starts with the death of Superman. So that one, it connects and interlocks the same way. It'd be kind of interesting seeing if someone might re-edit the ending of Dawn of Justice to include this little bit. And to include the mother boxes being awoken across the planet somehow and then like coming back to him just dying. I mean, it, it fits together somehow. So it'd be pretty interesting to see that as well. And that's um, kind of cool because you can definitely put this this minute alone, these uh, three minutes or whatever it is they're covering with this uh, mm-hmm. relief statue and everything. You can fit that right there at the very end of Batman vs. Superman. Put it right there as he's dying. You change the tone a little bit. You slow things down so then it really gets digested that he died and he called out something. The bell was rung. And then again, it puts Lex Luthor's thing into perspective, yada, yada, yada. But yeah, that's like, and I'm not saying that you should do that and edit it or you need to edit or that Batman vs. Superman needed this thing. Absolutely not. It's just cool knowing that you can do that with the beginning of Batman vs. Superman from Batman's perspective on the ground at the Black Zero event. You can splice that in, and I've seen it done, with scenes from Man of Steel. And it's great. That, and it's that great. edit is fantastic. It's awesome. I love it. And, you, and they do it as well, and they do it side by side too, which is, it matches up literally perfectly. It's insane. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can put this right there. There's a big crescendo moment as he's thrusting the, 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 uh, the, the spear into Dooms, Doomsday and in turn makes the bone go deeper into him, you can completely stop and ch- change tone and speed mm-hmm. with just adding this little thing right there. And that's so cool to me that it just matches. Yeah. It's like we didn't skip a beat. It really isn't like we skip, skipped a beat at all. Yeah, absolutely. Like it's, it's, all, it's almost as if three years went by and who cares anymore because we're here. We have the movie. It really is just like, oh, like the fight was fought let's remember it let's let's revel in what we were able to accomplish but screw all that we got the movie we're here now let's party you know yeah it's it's i think it's really smart to do to to set these movies up like that with the black zero event and the death of superman because to me it creates like this evergreen uh film where you can watch it and you'll always be right on track and it doesn't feel as disconnected which is it's going to be a bold statement for me but it's it's not as disconnected as the star wars movies are to themselves the only one that feels closely connected is i would say episode two and three because since that's the clone wars and since that's a three-year gap of the the clone wars is a three-year war 
that you can kind of be like, okay, well, they're still in the Clone Wars, but there's, you know, Star Wars movies never end. Uh, a better example is the Two Towers into Return of the King, where Two Towers ends, Return of the King is like right there, Saruman's Tower, like all that, all that stuff. Like it, it picks Isengard. up right where. Isengard, Isengard. Come yeah, on. but you know, come on, he's falling off the tower, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he pushes him off that big old, big old place, huh? Old, old guy, old guy falling down. Hey, someone call. But a, I think it's important to set the movies up like that, so that life alert. If if for any reason your sequel doesn't come out until five years later, at least by the time you watch the movie, it's like, hey, we're still here. He died, and this is where we're start. We're picking up because yeah. it's important. So. It really is just so perfect how it matches up. It it, yeah. it really is such a good beginning to what you, like like you said. It's the beginning to an epic, and it really is. It yeah. really is. This movie is on par with uh, the Odyssey. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wondering if, for you know, hypothetically, if there was ever a sequel to this movie, if it would start with uh, the the boom tube of dark side ready the armada we will use the old ways mm. like that kind of thing and just like it'll go from there to the 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 gang the apocalypse gang setting up to uh, you know what i'd like to invade. see a, a pretty good relief statue uh cgi thing of uh them pushing steppenwolf back through the boom tube with that separated head that's the relief statue i know they're doing what is doing a statue of dark side sitting on his throne oh no you like, need the you need the superman uppercut back into the boom tube <laughs> i don't know if they can do all that i mean yeah i would kind of like a, a, a i would like a, a maquette statue of steppenwolf i think he looks rather cool um, um what did you say who's doing the uh who's doing a statue of what weta weta what workshop is doing they're, yeah, they're doing one of Dark Side where he's sitting on his throne in that Conan the Barbarian type pose, mm-hmm. and then um, they're also doing one of Desaad, and they're cool. doing like yeah, and so really which is cool. another cool character, which is interesting. I hope they do a Steppenwolf to go with that because then you would want all three, right? You would want Dark Side, Desaad, and Steppenwolf. You know what I really want. And I've wanted it since really I want? started working at the comic book store, and I figured, and I don't so tell know. Tell me what if, you want. Yeah, what you really, really want, um, Spice Girls. Uh, a, just a statue or a thing, bust, whatever, of just a mother mm-hmm. box. They had the comic book versions of it where it was like the purple box with the yellow dots and the big circle in the middle and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's still great. I love that. But, like, why can't I just have, like, a, put it on a little case, you know? That's, oh, that's, yeah. what's that cube? That's oh, just a mother box. Can you do anything with it? No. Yeah, I don't care. Whereas you know? the the DC labeled uh, Rubik's cubes that are yeah. mother boxes. Now see, <laughs> and now we're to, making money, okay? And they like the different sides are the different ones. So you, like you have one side is like, like red and stickers. Yeah, okay. And then one is like you. the Themyscira stickers, and mm-hmm. you have to line them up so that when you click them, it shows the different. You know, DC. I get hit it. Me up, man. I got I ideas. Get it. We got the ideas. We got the <laughs> ideas. Um, can you get replicas of uh, this trident? Now I'm just thinking of things, toys that I want as an adult. The Atlanta trident, or yeah, the, either uh, one. I'm Three sure. You, I'm six. sure you could just 3D print one at at this time. <sighs> Investments. Yeah, I have a 3D print halberd from Dawn of Justice. That's, so that's right. Cool. Yeah, it's that's pretty cool. Right. 
so yeah, it's it, one of the great things about this minute here is we do, uh, yes, we are shown more of the death of Superman as they both impale each other, Excalibur style, uh, of course. Um, but it is really cool to get these shots of Lois Lane and Wonder Woman like in that moment. And it's really nice. I think this is when I really started to like soak in this aspect ratio because it like the, it, like the cuts to Lois Lane. And it's, for, it's like the first time you're seeing like a, a pure human actor, like not Superman and Doomsday CGI stuff. It's great. It's beautiful. But like you're seeing an actual actor on a set on film in the IMAX film. It's really cool to see Amy Adams, like the first character that we pop to. Like, it's very important that we see her. And then it, it just looks really nice. Um, I have a question. Yeah, After this it. scene, does the picture extend at all? Is this smaller than 4.3 or is this exactly 4.3 right here? No, this is 4.3. Okay, so my idea of what I'm looking at right now, just watching this minute stand alone by itself, the 4.3 aspect is making it seem like because this is a imagery that I saw in a past, in a previous movie, in a previous widescreen movie, um, this 4-3 ratio right now is kind of like acting like a window to the past, if you will. Kind of like a, uh, I don't know, just like a remembrance, just a, just a, uh, I don't know, what do you call that? Uh, not flashback? foreshadow. Huh? A flashback? Flashback. Jeez, I could not think of that. I mean, you confused me. I was like, do I call it a flashback? Not foreshadowing, but the other one. Yeah, Yeah, a flashback, Um, not a flashback. It seems more like a little flashbacky, and I do see it a lot more in, like you were saying, the lowest picture, and then in with Diana standing right here, center frame. It -hmm. seems more window-esque, and that's probably because, it, like I said, it is something that I've seen before, and it's just a different ratio. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I've seen Amy Adams and gal looking upon the death of superman and i've seen him in his arms screaming as the bone gets pulled out of of, you know the chest and everything but uh it's the ratio is playing more to in the favor more more in favor for me right now because my mind is tricking me into thinking that it's flashbacking i'm curious Uh, a couple things i'm curious about in in terms of the film itself um, cause this was a thing that the Hobbit was famous for. So normally film when you're filming is 24 frames per second. It's like 24, I, I yeah. believe. And then for the Hobbit, they were like, yo, we're going to film it in 48 frames per second. Mm-hmm. So like, it feels like you're looking through a window, right? I didn't like that analogy because it didn't seem like I was looking through a window when I was watching that. That's how they market it, right? I know. It's it, it, it just, it just looks more, um, more, realistic. Uh, There's less more lag. realistic. It was. It looks, everything looks a little bit more smooth. Yeah, higher quality. That's the word, just because there's more frames in it, it just, quote, looks smooth. Smoother. Looks a lot, uh, I keep wanting to say crispier, but it's like not crispier, it's just smoother. It's just like more higher quality. Um, And that's kind of like how this opening bit looks and and throughout the the visual effects stuff, it, it usually tends to look like that. And for that's a great thing i think it looks great like the uh the shot with wonder woman that is gal gadot as we look at a close-up shot of her it it just looks so high quality seeing her like in such 
focus, like the camera focus on her, mm-hmm. is very, very, very high quality. It looks really, really nice. It and looks that's high why quality, but it does not look like 48 frames per second to me. And, no, I get it, and it, I'm saying that as a compliment because I do not care for the 48 yeah, frames. Yeah, I don't like think it's it, just I don't, not. I don't yeah. know. I don't think it. I don't think it is doing that kind of thing with the Hobbit. But for some reason, everything in this first five minutes feels like that. It feels very, uh, very high quality to to look at all the little visual effects and stuff. I really like the shot of uh, Diana on the ground looking up mm-hmm. at Doomsday and Superman as as he's dying, as they're dying. And she's on the ground looking up at that before we cut to the close-up shot. That, to me, is uh, something that we'll see tomorrow as well. But I, I just really like seeing that because it's it's um, these are other gods witnessing a, an, a bigger god dying kind of thing and um, fighting this hell-spawn demon. So I kind of I really like that imagery that they have. And, and then the, the particle beams going Mm -hmm. different directions like it's just beautiful stuff it's just uh, really really is truly beautiful um but yeah i i thought i had a second question uh, because i had two uh one was the the that frame rate and then there was a second one i was thinking about um is there anything that you had nate um not particularly i know we're going to get into it a little bit more um I like I that that imagery of of Wonder Woman looking up with the with the sky beams there and it it, it does look great. Uh, that's again just another print it out, put it in a frame, put it on my wall. You know that's pretty dang good. Yeah, absolutely. I, I do remember my question now that I was Wonderful. thinking in my head, and I was wondering if uh, I was wondering if maybe some of these were filmed during the filming of Batman v Superman. Do you think like maybe some of this was just like, well, we're filming Justice League right right after. Like, we're rolling right into it. I wonder if they were just like, well, we're doing this whole thing. Might as well. Mm-hmm. Here's pickup shots pick up for shots. Justice League. Yeah. Exactly. Possibly. And, and, you know, that it's fun to think about. And mm-hmm. it probably is. Th- these mm-hmm. are probably some of the same shots that were used and stored away or just, you know, not used that were actually put into production. And that's great. That's why we that's why we do things like that, you know. So we yeah. have multiple takes. That's why we got B roll. It's use yeah. it up, baby. Um, I, there, there are things that I that I look at. Wonder the the close up on her. It that looks to me like that would be new. Uh huh. Um, yeah, absolutely. And I think that's just because there's slight aging. Um, that's very like... rude of me to say, but <laughs> <laughs> and, but like you can tell, uh, three years from a very busy working actor i don't mean let you say that yeah we'll see that a lot with henry cavill gal Gadot, and uh ben affleck for sure yeah like, his is, we'll, his stands out <laughs> his there's a lot of and there are scenes that we'll point out and be like that is actually reused footage from dawn of justice or stuff like that there is b-roll that is used mm-hmm. um there's in, one that i can think of right off the top of my head that I know it was ex- the exact shot from Dawn of Justice. Is it the the Joker scene? Yeah, it's at the end. It's in the epilogue yeah. where he, uh, when he comes down to save Lois and he looks up. Yeah. Bum, bum. We, yeah, the big, that, or you're thinking of something else? When when Superman shows up where Joker is at the end, yeah. Yes. 
That is direct from yes. Nairomi. Yeah. Yes, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. So yeah. his hair's all slicked back and neat, and he's got the red eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. They added the red eyes for this one, but uh, before yeah. he just looks up and smiles at Lois. And then the scene where Darkseid places his hand on yeah. Superman's shoulder, that looks like. Either, I think it's. I don't. It, he looks like Henry Cavill from Man of Steel. It does. Which, it does look like he's right it, there, and Lois comes up and puts her hand on his shoulder right there, doesn't it? Yeah. Which is. That's awesome. It's so awesome that you can <laughs> reuse that thing and just change the hand that's being placed on the shoulder. Change mm-hmm. the entire color scheme of the entire thing. That's amazing to me. Movies, yeah. man, right? Yeah. And I think, yeah, it, there's totally like. When you look at the different Henry Cavill's and, and the different Superman movies that he's in, there is like a different like okay, well that's Henry Cavill because I was just watching a clip from Man of Steel and I was like he's definitely changed. And now I look at Man of Steel sometimes too and I go he's kind of skinny. Oh, not, I was gonna say the same thing. He's a skinny boy, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, he's not a, he's not as bulky as he not is filling now. Filling up that suit, huh? Yeah, um, he's huge in in this movie. Which I and I love thinking that because I mean. Man of Steel is the first time he's putting on the suit. He's just like a kid in pajamas kind of thing. Just like an oversized <laughs> garb. It just looks, I don't know. But it's it, also it, interesting. It brings in it, more of the inexperience. We see a lot of shirtless Cavill in Man of Steel, and that boy is not skinny. No. They, you got, the man is huge. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Maybe they maybe they filmed that part later, and they did the <laughs> Superman stuff early. Uh, isn't that what you're supposed to do? You're supposed to do the high-budget stuff first because you don't ever get a chance to do that stuff again. So. I have no idea. One thing I do want to make a mention of and, and keep an eye on for the remainder of this week is that um, I'm not seeing any Christ imagery uh, or messianic imagery um, in this uh, flashback here. Um, you know, there's no there's the the the, the cross eye beams are not in the ground. Uh, mm-hmm. You know how they were the death the classic death of Superman cover and panel. Um, so maybe there's something. Uh, to say about that but uh we'll have to see i it's not here in the wide shot especially when diana is looking up at them Um, yeah well i I think in speaking regards to that i i do think that those crosses in the background were a foreshadowing of the other heroes in but yes that one was supposed to there was supposed to be a, a a death of jesus type thing that was supposed to be an allegory in, in the second film. But this one, since that's kind of already been said, they don't need to say it again. Yeah. Especially not to distract you from what they're trying to do here, which is tell you that his death is activating mother boxes for the story. So I can I can see that for sure. Um, but uh, I, I, I really do like, I just like the, the color palette here. It's a lot of nice colors that I like that I like seeing here. Feels home. Feels like Dawn of Justice, baby. Yeah, I think it's a very, very cool thing to do. I think it's very nice to come back to this, and and just watch it. And like every time you start the movie, you start it this way, and just you go through it, and you're like, oh wow, it's awesome. And I remember seeing this shot of Superman, this close up shot as he's screaming. I remember that being something that Zack Snyder teased and showing like it wasn't finished at the time. And his caption was, he has yet to rise and stuff like that. It's very cool stuff to see. Um, but I, I always wondered when that was going to show up. And a lot of people thought that was um, something for Dawn of Justice. They At the time, they were like, oh, wait, is this 
supposed to be in your Justice League movie that we never saw. Because um, a lot of people just didn't know that the death of Superman was going to be retold in, mm-hmm. in, in this movie. So it's really cool stuff to see. How come Stone Quarry didn't get a title card? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that was uh, the the people working on this was, you know, Access Entertainment and Dune Entertainment. They're the associate producers on this one, like studios working on this. And then before we wrap up, I just want to talk about the who, who is doing the VFX because a lot of people had to come together real quick, like Justice League. And, um, you know, we had DJ Disjardin. He worked on Dawn of Justice as well. Um, and he's kind of like the production VFX supervisor. And so, but you had so many people who, because they were putting this movie out finally, they had to come together and just like finish the VFX. And thank God that they did because it's, it's so good to see this movie completed and not just like, oh, well, here's the rough cut. You guys want to see what it's like. Here it is. Um, but you had Scanline VFX, um, Brian Hirota, Julius Lechner, Weta Digital. They came in and did it. Their VFX supervisor was Keith Miller. You had Pixamondo. You had Shade VFX, Method Studios, Rodeo FX, Crafty Apes, Blind Limited, um, which the CG supervisor there was Andrew Booth. Um, and then just so many other ones. Um, DNEG, MPC, uh, just all these VFX teams that came together and just finished out this movie. And honestly, I think the VFX is pretty damn good. I I think there might be a moment here or there where I, with a keen eye, I can see that the CGI is not fully finished here or there. There were moments where I can, I can look at it and be like, yeah, that's not finished there. They got by with it. Um, but hey, if they can get away with it, that's a victory in my book. Um, but yeah, I, I thought the VFX, VFX is stunning. Uh, Nate, how did you feel about the VFX, um, given that it had to be finished? Because it wasn't I, finished. It wasn't ready. Yeah. I, I honestly think it's, it looks great. There's, uh, I wasn't disappointed in the CGI. I know we talked about um, Doomsday having weight when we were covering Dawn of Justice and, and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, and the lack of weight in... Uh, Su- uh, yeah, Suicide Squad. Um, oh yeah, um, but uh, the, those thoughts were not uh, present in my mind when I was watching this movie. I think no. possibly there were times where I was just like, that looked different. There was a wide shot of uh, Queen Hippolyta riding off into the sunset with the mother box, um, and there was a big plane, you know, in front of her. And I remember the shot of her on the horse looked a little bit weird. Uh, the, the the pacing was was different just because it looked like the horse was riding too fast and like covering too much ground. Oh, okay, <laughs> um, I see but it. like that's the literally the only time that uh, that came into my mind. And thinking back on it right now, I I can't think of anything else. You'll have to point out the uh, the things where they got by me because I'll tell you they got yeah, by me. Yeah, yeah, for sure. When we go minute by minute, I, there are moments where I will be like, "Look at this! Look at how that that's not touching that." But they, you know, that's what I was going to like assume. That's what you were saying, where uh, you know the VFX like weren't finished, where where it's like, oh well, that didn't connect to that. That's what I was going to assume. Just like uh, vectors, where just like it's just yeah. There's there's just a off, couple barely. Um, couple 
like shaders and stuff like that that I notice. And um, two off the top of my head is just one where it's a parademon being impaled by a trident. And then there's one of Desaad where I was just like, that shot right there is not finished like the rest of Desaad is. Mm. Um, So yeah, when we get to those minutes, I'll point it out and you'll see it clearly. But for this right here, as an unfinished piece of work, because this part definitely wasn't finished until they said, hey, we're going to release this movie and we're going to finish it up. And so they finished this out. I'm looking at it and I don't see anything wrong with it. Like I, I, I don't. Other than the fact that you can clearly tell it's VFX because obviously there's no giant doomsday monster that you can film with. So yeah, kudos to those guys. Everything looks great. Like going minute by minute, you can really see like the fire, CGI fire that's around Wonder Woman and stuff like that. You could see all the little details in Doomsday, his his bone hand as it comes out of Superman's body, like all these kind of things, and all the rocks below. There's a lot of things that people don't take notice of as visual effects. They only look at big CGI monster and go, well, that's CGI. It's like, yeah, but what about the rock right there? That's that's not, you know, that's not real. That's CGI, but you don't give that credit, even though you believe it's a rock or a piece of debris and stuff like that, so... There's a lot of cool stuff going on here. And it does it does invoke that um, post-apocalyptic world again that we were talking about at the end of Dawn of Justice, where you look at this and you go, wow, that's not, that's not, a, they're not fighting in a city. They're, this is just a mythological battleground now that they're fighting in, or, you know, that it, it's over now, but that they were fighting in. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, lots of cool stuff. So, um, yeah, I'm let's curious. wrap it up. Yeah. Oh. Before? No, I was nothing. No, I was gonna say I'm yeah. curious as to what the state of Striker Island is. If let's like you cannot go there because it's like highly irradiated because Doomsday fell down. You know, it was contaminating. But that's well, neither here nor there. Well, yeah, no, I, I think uh, give it two two hours in. Ask that question again in two hours. I remember them talking about Striker's Island at yeah. one point, but uh, and that that is the well, abandoned. Th- yeah, there's a, they, 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 a fight scene takes place there. Yeah, and now we have to wonder why that, how that's still there. So we're going to go ahead and wrap up for today. If you've enjoyed everything you've heard, you can find us on all social media at DCEU Minute and the Facebook group, the DC Cinematic Minute Listener Society, where you can join us, other guests who have been on the show, and other listeners who listen to the show to talk about today's minute or any minutes that you're catching up on. And we'll catch you guys tomorrow for more Justice League Minute.